You're listening to Joe Radio Live. Positive and motivational content just for you. Do enjoy and share. Joe Radio Live is a community where you will find lots of helpful info to positively impact our listeners. You can help by sharing Joe Radio Live daily with at least one person. Deanna. Deanna, uh, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? Chino, California. Chino. And tell me about your family. Uh, one of six kids. Um, born and raised in Southern California my entire life. This is kind of number five. What was your relationship like with your parents? Mom and dad divorced when I was young. Um, there was a stepfather. Um, didn't really have a relationship with my mother. There was some issues. I didn't think I was going to cry. Some issues early on, when I was two and a half, I was put in a tub of hot water. Um, just a little bit of backstory. My mom was very young. She had some issues of her own. So I kind of gave her some slack. She was very young. She was pregnant at 15. And by the time I was born, she was 22. I was her fifth child. I had a younger sister a year and a half, and then she was pregnant with her last child. Um, so I was two and a half, and um, I must have soiled myself or something, I don't know. But my, um, she had my older sister, who was four at the time, run a tub of hot water for a bath. And I didn't want to get in, but my mom came in and put me in the water and, and just went back to the kitchen to do whatever she was doing. Um, I was screaming, of course. I don't remember that day. I was screaming, and my older sister reports that... Um, she tried to pull me out but couldn't because I was too heavy. So my mom just kept yelling back, just take her out. So I don't know how long I was in the tub, quite a while because I had blisters on my feet um, by the time I was pulled out of the water. So the water was very hot, enough to blister. It wasn't just hot bath water, it was... Yeah, because normally bath water doesn't blister, but yeah, you can deduce what you want. Um, the official story is my sister ran the water, I got in the water, my sister couldn't get me out of the water. Um, but of course, you know, as I grow up and I had my own kids, I realized a two-year-old cannot get herself into the water because if they did, they'd go head first. And I wasn't burned from the head, I was burned from the feet up. So, did you switch you what you can from that story? What was the aftermath of that? Um, I was, my mom took me to the hospital and immediately they suspected child abuse. So. Um, they did an investigation. Nothing ever came of it. Um, this, the official story was sister ran the water. Mom was busy with the kitchen. Um, so there's really nothing that came of it after that. But um, there was an issue where the doctor had prescribed um, the wrong antibiotic. Um, as just a little background, um, I am mean, actually a nurse. So um, when you have an infection, because an infection came in, um, you have to prescribe an antibiotic. He's gram negative or gram positive. They prescribed the wrong one, so I went septic. So about five, six days in the hospital, they had called my dad. My mom and dad were divorced at this point. They called my dad, I'm not sure why, and told them, if you don't get her out of here by morning, she'll be dead. So, because what happened was the blood shunts from your um, extremities to the organs to, to protect them. So my toes were black, my fingertips were black, my ears were black, my nose was black, things were starting to shunt. 
So they sent me over to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And that's when um, the initial plan was to cut the legs up to here. Um, but there was a doctor there that said, no, we have this new procedure. So they actually only took, took the ankle off, the foot off. I still had the ankle. So you imagine, so I had the, the full leg with the ankle. Um, I later had a revision, so now, of course, I'm up to, to here bilaterally, both legs. Both legs up to here, because I had a revision in my early 20s. That's an, another chapter in the story, um, why that had to happen. But so they, they took the, the feet off at the ankles. So, and did your mom or anyone take responsibility for what happened? My mother never took responsibility. No. Um, in fact, she she raised me to basically like this. I, I wasn't, she wouldn't hold me, she wouldn't, I mean, she, initially she took care of the bandages and, and took care of the wounds and stuff, and initially she did that. But my memories of my mom were just, I remember just growing up talking to my older sister, like, mom hates me. She, she hates me and she blames me for the accident because I was told, I try not to use names, my sister ran the water and I got in it. But then why is my mom treating me like this? Um, but I mean, when I got home from school, it was, um, go to your room and take your legs off. And I wasn't seen till dinner time. And this happened for years and years and years. I pretty much lived majority of my younger childhood in my bedroom. Um, my mom didn't want to see me, didn't want to hear me. I felt like it was, at this point now, I just felt like I was probably a constant reminder. Um, it's kind of what it felt like. But yeah, I grew up to my sister. She hates me. She doesn't love me. She, she loves you. She just doesn't know. I don't know what she would do, what the excuse. I can't even remember anymore. It's been so long. Did you treat your sister differently? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody else was running around playing outside with the, with, with their friends. Um, I would be looking out the window. All my siblings were out playing in the streets. I was in my room. I, I wasn't allowed to go out. I was, had to take the legs off and go to my room. And when I was allowed out, um, and again, I blame um, my mom, just the ignorance. Um, she was told that I needed to walk on the legs to toughen them up. But knowing what I know now as an adult and as a nurse, she understood it that I had to walk on the stumps. So we're talking an ankle with bones and um, scar tissue, very thin skin, there's no padding. I was walking on concrete, carpet, marble, tile. I'd have to walk on the stumps. Um, and that w I always had constant skin breakdowns. And I, I think she just misunderstood the doctors. I think what they meant was she needs to walk on her leg, you know, in the prosthetics. But she understood it differently. Take the legs off and then walk on the stumps. My stepfather would do this, but later my mom would repeat this, this procedure. But in order to teach me how to swim, you know, if you know the diving boards are very gritty and hard, I would have to stand on my stumps, not knowing how to swim, looking at the deep water going, I'm either going to drown or I'm going to die standing up here. It just was so painful. And there's many, many times we just, that's how they try to teach me how to swim, standing on the diving boards with the, the stumps. And it was so painful. How were, you, how were your high school years? Um, I was bullied all the way from grade school to, to ninth grade. I was bullied. Um, and I would come home crying and my mom would like, I don't want to hear it. Go to your room. So, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I was relentless. Um, it did, I had no friends, pretty much, um, until I went to high school. Then, because once you're in high school, there's a lot more smaller schools funneled into a big school, and a lot of kids didn't know, and I was able to make friends then. But elementary and junior high, no, not at all. 
it was it was very rough. So. And how has this impacted your adult life? <sighs> well, I just there's there was a lot going on, um, and there's there's a lot of incest too. I think I haven't talked about that, but there was quite a bit of that going on as well in the home. Um, but I just knew as far as the legs go that um, by the time I was probably about 16 years old, I just figured, I just realized that I can't be a victim. I can only, you know, I can't fix what happened and I can't change what happened, but I have control of my future. So I just was counting the days to the day I turned 18 and I could move out and just put everything behind me. Whatever happened, if it was, it was malicious or not, at this point it doesn't matter, it happened. So just let it go, and I only have control over my future. Um, and that's pretty much how I've been living my life, just looking forward and not looking back. And just that this is my challenge. I mean, we each have our crosses to bear and our burdens, and this one is mine for some reason, it is. Um, and that's gonna be hers, meaning my mother. That's her, she's gonna have to, to live with that, and I just, I just have to keep moving forward. And the incest that you mentioned, that, that was... Oh, my. Whew. Yeah, there was um, um, my mother's second husband, my stepfather. Um, he had a son who, anytime my mom would, would leave, he was babysitting. And he would strip me and my sister down naked every time she left. And just one story, he would take my sister's stuffed animals and pretend to have oral sex with the animals. Um... Yeah, and this, this went on for years until they divorced and he moved out. But yeah, there was a lot of that going on. And yeah, I suspect it happened earlier as well. Um, I was used to, my mom told me, I used to be my stepfather's favorite. Every time he came home, I had this long, blonde, curly hair. I was the first one he would seek out. And when the accident happened, he wanted nothing to do with me. Once the accident happened, didn't want nothing to do with me. Um, in fact, yeah, if we didn't sleep at night, we'd go to bed like we were supposed to, we'd talk too much, we would have, I, both my sister and I would have to stand behind the recliner with our noses against the wall for hours. And of course, I'm standing on stumps for hours. And anyway, so I suspect that, because what happened was I found out later that my older sister became his favorite, and I found out later that um, he was molesting her for years. So I suspect this has been going on for a long time. So... And then, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, my mom, after they got divorced, my mom was forced to go to work. And um, so things changed a little bit in the beginning. Um, I still had to go to my room and take the legs off and all that stuff because my sisters would snitch on me. My family would snitch on me. Um, so that still went on for a while. But then once they started to get a little busy with their boyfriends and stuff, I was able to, like, have more of a normal teenage childhood where I could go outside, play with the friends, because mom was at work. Um, but then there was some boyfriends that would come in my room at night who would do what they do. And I just remember when I was getting ready for church, my, my grandmother, my dad's mom, she's more like um, my motherly figure. So I really relied on her for that nurturing because I didn't, I didn't have it at home. Um, and I just remember getting ready for church and I was waiting for my grandma and one of the boyfriends put me on his lap and stuck his tongue down my throat. And he had a mustache, and I could just smell the sex on his face. And it just, it, the whole day, there was just, I could smell my mother's vagina on my mouth, in my, in my face. And 
gadget. This. How was your adult life? Pretty good. Very. Like I said, once I turned 18, um, I had control of my, my life at that point. I didn't have, you know, I just had control. So it was good. I mean, right out of high school, I met a boy. We got engaged. Um, we were going to be married, and then he died in a car crash two months before the wedding. And a year later, actually, no, a couple months later, I actually met my husband, and we were married a year later. And it was a great Christian life, um, pretty normal. Um, early on, when we were first married, I think it was about 22, 23, I had gone, I had a lot of bone infections because of constantly walking on the stumps and always having skin tears. Of course, I picked at them a lot too, but. Um, so that didn't help. So I didn't have a revision, so they took him up to about four inches below the knee. Um, but yeah, I just lived a pretty normal life. I wanted to be a nurse my entire life. Um, but I was constantly told, you're too stupid, you can't work, um, you'll never be a nurse, you can't do 12-hour shifts. And, and initially when I, when I met the first boyfriend, the first fiance, I was going to do, I was doing my prerequisites in college. And when he died, I stopped going to college. Like I went through a really bad depression. And then I kind of let all those voices get ahead of me in my, in my head that, you know, I can't do it. Um, and by the time I was 26, I just like, I had this strong passion to be a nurse from my youngest, youngest memory. I just said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I told my husband, I said, I don't care if I can't work a day in my life, I'm not happy. I need, my passion is to be a nurse. I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna be a nurse. If I can't work a day, then I can't work a day. But at least I know I did it. And at least I know I tried, instead of saying I can't. So, went to nursing school, and um, I worked two years floor nursing in a pediatric ICU for two years. It was tough, doing 12-hour shifts. I couldn't do the typical, mostly nurses work where three days on and they have four or five days off. I'd have to work a day, take one to two off because of the swelling and the blistering and stuff, because 12 hours is a long time on your legs, on your feet when you, have prosthetics so I did that for almost two years um, and then I went into case management so then I just now I just you know my kids joke joke with me they're like yeah you just sit at a desk all day I'm like yeah well I'm using my brain <laughs> smart enough to at least use my brain and not my body so and you're raising kids yeah I have three kids um, that's another story too yeah my uh, my husband couldn't have kids so we had infertility tried for 10 years couldn't have kids um, finally, I've just, and we always wanted to adopt anyway, but he just kept saying, I want to keep trying, I want to keep trying. And finally, it was about 10 years into the marriage, finally told him, I said, if we don't adopt, I said, we're going to divorce because I have to have kids. And I didn't realize how bad, why I had to have kids so bad until probably about five years ago. And I realized that, and we have three adopted boys. We, we adopted them through the county. Um, but I was able to give them the love and the attention and the, the, just, everything that I should have had as a kid. And to me, that just made everything better because not having kids, I just felt like all that abuse was for nothing. So, yeah, I just, my kids are amazing. I just, I love them to death. And they've, they've been very healing for me as far as having to, you know, reflect on the past. This, I feel like I've just made everything just better because I've changed their lives. What have you learned most from all of this you've been through? You can't hold on to stuff. You can't hold on. It just, if you hold on to that, that negativity and that victimhood and that bl it's just blackness in your heart, you have to let it go. You have to forgive and just let it go. And otherwise you can't move forward. You'll be paralyzed and stuck. And that just, to me, I wasn't gonna waste my life on that. 
So, like I said earlier, that's she's gonna have to deal with that. I just need to make sure my life is successful and fruitful and happy. That's wonderful. All right, Deanna, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're doing well now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Joe Radio. Join us in our next program. Remember, don't just exist, but be a blessing.